0: Welcome to the Disney Animated Canon Ball, the podcast where I, Talon Lee, he, him, and I, Fox Lee, she, her, watch all of the Disney Animated Canon movies in order, which meant everything has been building up to this, <laughs> the good Disney family movie.
1: <laughs> Alright, you know what, I'm gonna let you have
0: that. <laughs> 2002's Lilo and Stitch
1: this is a good fun time isn't it
0: this this is a this is a wonderful movie There, like right.
1: cards on the table our website lists our favorite disney movies in our <laughs> in our host intros i think people might know
0: yeah uh this this is my favorite of all the movies that this is my favorite disney movie that i've seen and i think that anything we haven't seen yet has got a lift to get up on this level, and and there are some movies yet to come that I do think of very fondly, but nothing comes close to Lilo and Stitch for me.
1: This, I mean, it's a strong choice. I, it's obviously not my favorite, but uh, you could do so much worse. And it is absolutely the highlight of this arc of Disney. Like,
0: yeah, this
1: is. This is the weird, non-Disney-seeming movie that they nailed.
0: Yeah, and, and I will happily go in on things about this movie that I think are bad, and reasons why things in this movie are bad. But, at least as much as I can say about any of these movies, this is the one that I have the least that stops me from enjoying it. And this is the one that has the most I find worth remembering when I look back on it.
1: Also, the best mascot to come out of Disney in like forever. Mm. Like, <laughs> fuck the classic characters. <laughs> this this thing they've got going like, uh, like in Japan, Japan lost Stitch. Yeah, so Stitch is on a bunch of shit still. Even though this like this movie didn't go huge that I recall. I guess we'll talk about that when we talk about capitalism. Mm. But like, this was not the Disney that everyone was fucking talking about at the height of Disney popularity. But Stitch lives. Stitch is powerful.
0: This movie was criticized at the time and shortly thereafter for not being properly Disney. Anyway.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they're not wrong, but like I said, this is the one that wasn't properly Disney that they got right.
0: If we are, however, going to talk about Lilo and Stitch, it behooves us to do the task of recapping the plot in 60 seconds. Well, yeah. And it's not my turn. <laughs>
1: This is actually gonna be a little tricky. I've not prepared this because yeah. I never do. But there's actually a lot going on in this one. So. Yeah, it,
0: it, it's kind of a brutal one because you've been given um, you've been given something that's good, and uh, that can be a real challenge.
1: <laughs> I, he's giving me this look.
0: <laughs> there will be a grace period. Your time starts now.
1: All right, we are in a federation of aliens. Who are putting a particular villainous scientist Jamba under trial for creating a monstrous life form designed to wreck shit and have fun. Uh, the creature seems irredeemable so they intend to banish it but it accidentally escapes and winds up on Earth where it runs afoul of a pair of sisters. One very little one who bites people who are mean to her and has done nothing wrong. And one extremely hot one who is doing her best and everybody should be nicer to her. Who are in danger of being broken apart by a social worker because they do not have their shit together. Uh, The family comes to adopt this monstrous alien and name him Stitch. And some time passes as they try to integrate him into the family despite him being a huge disaster. And him at first trying to escape and or wreck them. Realizing he can't. And eventually coming to genuinely love and care for them. Just in time for the aliens to arrive and try to retrieve him by force. Uh, Which all goes horribly wrong. uh, But no worries because Stitch has indeed learned to be a good person. And he will save uh, our wonderful precious Lilo who has never done anything wrong in her life. And in doing so, we'll prove that both he and this family are worthy of being saved and protected. Um, because nobody gets left behind. You win! Hey, how long did I take it?
0: You win! <laughs> <laughs> good, I like that answer. You'll find that this movie makes it very hard to be wrong about explaining how good this movie is. <laughs>
1: I also don't think I could have left too much of that out without no. without losing the importance of what's happening. But,
0: as with all these things, there's a little skiding in the start as you find your feet and you try and be a little funny to get the things going. But no, there's just tons of stuff in this. There's just tons of stuff.
1: I don't feel like I embellished too much. No. <laughs> I suppose we didn't need to know Jumba's name.
0: Yeah, but he comes up and he's part of the, the solution at the end. Like, well, yeah,
1: <laughs> but I didn't name anyone else except Lilo and Stitch. So... Yeah.
0: So yeah, that is this roller coaster of a movie. Uh, it moves along <laughs> at a clip.
1: It does. They're, they they cram a lot into this, and uh, rather than making it longer, they they do what they're good at doing and just make every fucking scene do double duty. This movie is three days long. In fact, we get a double duty montage right in the middle of it, which yep. really speaks to the ability to make a scene function in more than one way.
0: And we'll talk about that later. Then we move on from the plot in 60 seconds to the double take where we look back on how we felt about it and how we feel about it now on the rewatch.
1: <laughs> now, uh, do you want to talk about your existing relationship with this movie? Do I you remember have... how you first saw it? Do, do you remember how you first saw it? Did you see it in a theatre?
0: I saw this movie the first time on VHS bought by my mum from a video easy that was shutting down.
1: Right, right. Was I there for this one as well? Yes. Think, yeah.
0: In fact, we have that VHS.
1: In this house somewhere. Oh, that's cool.
0: That VHS has gone with me a lot of places. Uh, I took it when I left home and left my mum a note on the whiteboard apologizing for taking Lilo and
1: Stitch. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute, (laughs) Alan.
0: When she dropped off uh, some more of my stuff after I moved out, she also gave me the Phantom Menace, which I think is a sign of like the two VHS
1: tapes (laughs) that
0: my parents thought of as me. Could you not have taken this? One? Yeah, could you gotten rid of this? Oh
1: no, it's not Phantom Menace. It's Attack of the Glones! Oh no, you're right. <laughs> Oof. Oh, that's so much worse. I don't care if you think that.
0: No, Clones is worse. Even and uh, even now, if the shine has changed on it, it, it it was not a good thing to leave the house with back then. Anyway, uh, so yeah. Uh, my memory of Lilo and Stitch at the time was generally positive. I remember liking the music and not having a particularly high, like, I didn't have much deeper thought about it anyway beyond that. Beyond, you know, it's a Disney movie. They're great fun. It's great fun. Yeah, go for it. Um, but about three years ago now, I sat down and did a rewatch of it and wrote, I think, a two and a half thousand word blog post um, about how it was the best disney animated feature (laughs) that had been made um and you're gonna hear some of that article restated and reframed because (laughs) i'm not proud or tired
1: i didn't see a problem with that so i saw it at roughly the same time you did or exactly the same time you did i don't know if it was the second or third watch for you anyway um at the time i remember it mostly bounced off of me because I am not a fan of Elphas. Mm-hmm. And I found his presence in this movie really tedious. Uh, but I love these sisters. They are so good. Uh, and even at the time, I love these sisters. <laughs> the, the human drama stuff in this is really top notch. And that's why it succeeds where most of the other weird Disney from this era fails. It's got the heart. Uh, today, uh, I am moved to to file a double-take uh, in the sense that I believe I have cried more every time <laughs> I've seen this movie after the first. Like Most movies, you get inured to them a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can only see the sad things so many times before you're like, yeah, I know it's sad, but I also could recite it if I needed to, and I can't really tear up over it anymore. But, like, there were so many moments in this that got me. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, this this one's a, this one's a baller.
1: Yeah. There's a, a lot of lines here and there, too, that I noticed landing harder than they first did. Maybe it's just something that gets more real as you get older. Yeah. Because it's easier to imagine having to be responsible for a family that, that can't hold itself together. And
0: Ooh. also, there's stuff that you know more as you get older and you learn more, I've i i mean, I've written about this. This isn't your double take. This is one that I had a couple of years ago, which was uh, the sequence where uh, um, they sing Aloha Oi. Ah, you didn't know the cultural significance? I didn't know the cultural significance. To me, that was a Hawaii song. And to many, many white people like me, that is the Hawaii music. Yeah. And it was just her getting there and singing with her sister a song That's normally happy you see you see juxtaposing a normally happy song (laughs) with 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 a sad moment and that was all there was to it whereas now i know that what you're seeing in that scene is generational trauma that that song is i am told the song of the first and last queen of hawaii from a prison cell
1: i i understand this usage of it to be actually pretty close to its original like intended mood as it were
0: yeah which is dreadful and heavy and sad. And the first time I watched it, it was as a commercialized white boy who's like, ah, yeah, they're doing the Hawaii music. Ah. And, and yeah. so coming back and finding out the, yeah, the fact that this, this Disney movie just happens to swerve and park in the racialized, political generational trauma of having your <laughs> country stolen. And then the government that did that saying, we're also going to take your sister. Because it, you can't live to our standards. Like, ooh.
1: <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, I... It's hard for me to localize this, because in the course of our lives, we've gone from, you can just let your kids run around the neighborhood and play with their friends, to know you pretty much need to keep your kids at home or know which of their friends' houses they've been to. Yeah. Like, in our lifetimes. Yeah. <laughs> I think about what I did when I was nine because I remember that age very well because a lot of shit happened in my life when I was nine and then I think that our nephews are now well one of them is almost 13 so he's years older than I was when I was doing that shit and I look at him and I'm like don't let him leave the (laughs) yard
0: now that's and that's non-pandemic that's just no that's pre-pandemic
1: that's just like you you know you don't just let kids roam the neighborhood anymore you can't yeah but watching this it's like it lives in that weird in-between space where I'm like what what is weird about her letting Lilo roam the neighborhood? I was allowed to do that when I was that age in yeah. a place that quiet, because like there's no shit going on.
0: And this is also one of those elements where the the uh, imposition of the white government yeah. is coming in because you know what? It might well be fine for these kids, but because she has the eye of social services, there is a standard that she has to maintain that isn't even really reasonable. Yeah
1: i i I'd never thought about that before, but you're right. And, like, her her friends just wander around the neighbourhood doing whatever they want.
0: Mm, but they have money,
1: so yeah. they're not being looked at that way. Uh, that's, yeah. Boy, I never noticed
0: that. And that's where this ties back into my childhood, which is the idea of a childhood under surveillance. <laughs> where it is not just the matter of how you act, but the way of how you act is perceived as being. And the sudden, jerking, horrible experience as a child of just doing your own thing in your own little child-like bubble and then having this moment where suddenly, no, the oversight has seen you and you need to justify and explain what you're doing even though you don't have a good answer for it because Ooh. you're a child.
1: Oh! Mm. And, well, I don't know if I should save this for later because it's a lot of what I want to talk about, I guess, but Lilo is a really good child character. I can't think of any other kid I've seen in a movie, much less a Disney movie who is remotely as believable as as Lilo. She's weird and says stuff that actually, that matches up with the random weirdness that kids do, not the random weirdness that adults make up when they're trying to think of things that kids would do. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, lying and doing shit that she doesn't want to do for no reason and then afterwards not having a reason because you don't have a reason when you're a kid. Kids just do shit
0: she also doesn't have a lie voice when she's telling up when she's telling a fantasy to someone it's the same way she speaks as when she's being completely sincere about things she fantasizes and catastrophizes like a real child who has been heavily traumatized like say by the disappearance of two parents she engages in magical thinking and has rituals she uses to try and keep the world in order like say what happened if you lost two parents to a storm so suddenly the fish that controls the weather becomes very important.
1: God, I never thought of that either.
0: Yeah, thi- this is... Again, ah! you're getting the recycled version well, of the article, but yeah. Lilo, Lilo is amazing well... Uh, Lilo is amazingly well-written as a precocious imaginative child who has been immensely traumatized.
1: Yeah. She's... I, I assume the people writing this understood these things because... I have never seen Disney characters written like Lilo and Nani are, mm-hmm. and for that matter, I guess Stitch as well. He's pretty remarkable on his own merits, <laughs> and you know, in a lot of ways, he's a mirror of Lilo because they're both in this position of having been traumatized. Stitch just doesn't know it yet.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, that, that's our whole thing over there. <laughs> that said, we're just still in the double take. We're here. still
1: <laughs> in the double take. Okay, okay, okay. What are we? We gotta, we gotta go to the ice store. I have no notes! <laughs> yeah, I mean... Okay, I... We're gonna do the usual thing of, of the, the white people disclaimer, which is we're not in a position to say, like, this is great, there's no problems with it. But I don't remember any coverage of, uh, of Hawaiian audiences being like, no, this is some bullshit. Like, this is not when they did uh, Pocahontas or Hercules or any of their black characters from antiquity or, like, this... Hawaii seems to like this movie a lot.
0: There is an asterisk in the Yikes store which comes up in the voice talent as well which is there are some prominent Hawaiian characters in this who aren't played by Hawaiian voice actors ah. which is a bummer. On the, other hand, on the other hand there are a bunch of important roles that are played. Uh, Nani's voice actress is. Lilo's isn't. And ah, okay. I yeah. can appreciate the challenge of saying as Disney we only have N child actors who can do these roles well enough in the first place and our talent system is kind of shit for yeah. getting non-white people That's... so
1: mm. I don't envy the task of uh, trying to find a child who could manage Lilo in the first place Yeah, because uh, kid actors are taught to be a certain way and believably childish ain't it
0: so the, the challenge there Definitely difficult, but also, you're Disney, you yeah. have billions, fuck you, do better.
1: Probably could have done better.
0: Not a lot of sympathy there on their front, but also I don't sit here looking at the voice actors going, what the fuck were you thinking? Because in the case of this voice actor, she was nine. So, like... Oh, yeah, I'm not <laughs> blaming the child. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah. So, also, a large part of the cast is aliens, not Hawaiian people. So, uh...
1: Oh, that's fine. Uh, never mind that.
0: Beyond mm-hmm. that, a lot of the other... Actually, no, you know what? I'll say product of its time. Just filling this movie with Elvis music's not really very cool.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't think that's a product of its time. Like, Elvis already was not cool by then. Everybody already had either cemented their opinion of Elvis as an all-time great with problems or Elvis as a sleazy weirdo with good music. The...
0: Um, and nobody's opinion was changing in 2002, I don't think. The tricky point for me is that the thing I remembered hearing but could not verify in any way that I trust was Hawaiians fucking love Elvis. I have so, also heard this. If that's true, if it's a matter of like, we we made this movie, we said it in Hawaii, we filled it with Elvis music because Hawaiians fucking love Elvis, then all right. Okay. That's a product of its place and time. And I can't really <laughs> say anything about that.
1: That's a product of cynical Disney marketing at the very least. Absolutely. Just going, you know, hey, you'll like this thing? Well, when we do the movie that's for you, um, then, then then, we're going to put that shit in there for you.
0: I have, I have a product of its time thing, actually. A really obscure, stupid one. The song, Burning Love, the cover, is credited to Winona. Winona is the, at that hot moment of time... Stage name of Winona Judd, who used ah. to be Winona and Ashley Judd, which used to be the Juds. So, basically, it's <laughs> a long trip. You know, you're not going to find stuff credited to Winona, just Winona, aside from around two thousand and two <laughs> to two thousand and three.
1: Did it? Did it turn out that there was already a, a Winona in show business that you weren't gonna upstage?
0: No, it's more everyone. We oh, you mean Winona Judd? <laughs> the the uh D-lister version of Reba McIntyre. That's that's an amazing 2002 country burn, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh no, totally. Well, I mean, if if you think about it, Winona Judd's in a real Disney movie, whereas Reba McIntyre is only in a, a midquel Disney movie. <laughs> so you know, who's really whose bargain basement version, huh? 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 Uh, That's what I'm saying. See? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Whatever. Reba McIntyre had a sitcom at this point called Reba. Yeah, I remember. Anyway, moving on. I don't have anything else to say really in the Door slash Product of Time. Uh, I think in part because It's Time is like the time I mentally default to it currently being.
1: <laughs> it's <clears throat> what, you know, since we are in Product of It's Time and not just yikes Door. There is one grounding detail in this, which I found really interesting, uh, because Lilo says her camera is full. Yes! And this is 2002, so it's not impossible that she has a really early Disney, Disney, a really early digital camera, but I'd say (laughs) it's ridiculously unlikely since she doesn't have any money.
0: And she's poor as hell, yeah, yeah. So yeah,
1: she's still using a film camera, which is the one thing that makes this feel just... Just lightly vintagey.
0: In in one of the deleted scenes, we see her take another one of the photos. There's three times where she takes a photo of the big dude with the peppermint ice cream. Only one of them gets into the final oh, was movie. Oh, is that a
1: repeating theme?
0: Yep. And in one of those deleted scenes, she stops and winds the camera.
1: Ah, yeah, there you go. So yeah,
0: it's it's a it is a and, and don't get me wrong. Now going to whole IE and finding someone using a your know, hand, hand wound camera. <laughs> yeah, they're called a hipster, but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. I feel like hipsters all have, like, Polaroids now. Because, like, if you want to go full vintage, you want the little pop click.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's also... Someone uses a phone. A, a flip phone.
1: Oh, probably Bubbles?
0: Yes! Bubbles has a, has I a imagine if phone. anyone's
1: on a mobile phone in that show, it's got to be him, right? Yeah.
0: He, he has a silver flip phone. Which, you know, yeah, there's another product of <laughs> his time thing.
1: That's yeah. very 2002. Extremely. like Extremely. They, flip phones, had a a very limited, well, like clamshell style phones, right? Yeah, Very limited lifespan. (gasps) (gasps) Ah, but they're coming back in vogue, Talon, have you heard?
0: Moving on! (laughs) Next up we have animation and making. Yeah.
1: Ah, this is lovely to look at. It's nowhere near as lush as as Renaissance Disney, but it's just so like pretty and lighthearted and has this beautiful energy to it that I love looking at. It's uh, I think the backgrounds are watercolors. It's
0: funny you mentioned classic Disney because this movie had entirely watercolored backgrounds.
1: It did. They are watercolors. Yeah, go me. A
0: technique not used since Snow White, Pinocchio, and Dumbo. Those were all watercolors.
1: Yes. I'm more surprised to learn that than I am to learn that this
0: is. And the thing is, the background artists hadn't done watercolors for a movie before. <laughs> And they all had to be retrained. And this sets one of our story threads. Oh. Right? I lean over and light a match. <laughs> You're going to put a b- pin in that. She's going to be fizzing away in the background.
1: Ooh, That's a call forward. Yeah. Stay focused.
0: Uh, See I if also, you can guess where Talon's mystery ends. I also think this movie looks absolutely amazing. Um, it doesn't look like most Disney stuff. It looks like Disney made a different thing, which
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I mean. Like it's people criticize it for not being proper Disney. And yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel like a Disney movie, but what it does feel like is good.
0: You got to see some of the living 3D canvas stuff in the mountain range scenes where, yeah, that's all watercolored um, mountains. Watercolored 3D nice. object mountains. <laughs>
1: um what else here is remarkable? Nothing really. I I feel like I can sense a lot of of uh, time-saving measures, like we've I seen a lot guess. of water going. <laughs> we've seen a lot of water going on in Disney movies lately, and the water in this, despite be- like we're in Hawaii, water comes up a bit, but it's really simplified. Like we have a whole lovely surfing sequence, which in another Disney movie, when they were feeling a bit more up themselves, uh, would have been uh, uh, some much more like detailed CG you know, transparent, watery kind of thing, but in this, they just coloured the fucking water and, like, shaped it like water would be shaped, and that's gotta do you. That's good enough.
0: You'd almost think that there was a, a common technique they'd been using for water that they didn't use here.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I believe it's not computer. That I'll say that. Why,
0: yes. <laughs> so, uh, just just a couple of things that were almost different about this movie. It was almost set in Kansas,
1: I'm so glad it's not set in Kansas.
0: Yeah. Um, But they decided not to. They went to Hawaii, and that involved restructuring a lot of the movie at the conceptual level. Um, Which, you know, pretty cool. Pretty good idea to do that. A lot of what is interesting
1: about this is because of who Lilo and Nani are, and they wouldn't have a lot of the weight that they do Mm -hmm. if they were just some basic ass Kansas
0: white people. The movie was originally going to culminate with Stitch hijacking a 747 and dueling it with another plane in a city.
1: Oh, that didn't happen because of the. There was a thing with planes that nobody wanted
0: to talk about. Yep. So, September 13th, 2001, Christ. this movie's entire third act had to be restarted. And understand, we've said it before, when it comes to these kinds of movies, it's like parking a bus, all right? You can't do anything quickly. The the start the front can start moving and the back is still going to take time catching up. (laughs) So when I say in two thousand in late two thousand and one they restarted a third of the movie.
1: When in two thousand two did it did it release?
0: Uh, yes, it it came. Sorry, (laughs) when
1: in two thousand
0: September nineteenth two thousand and two. Okay, so they did have almost a year. Almost a year,
1: (laughs) which is about as much as you could hope for, based that you know, given that you said came out in two thousand and two remake in two thousand and one. Um, but still, I mean, I'm not saying that's enough to, to, uh, replace the third act of, of a Disney quality animated movie. That's fucking rough.
0: So I'm gonna give a bit of a spoiler for the capitalism section. This movie did not have an extravagant budget. Yeah. And then the budget got an enormous hole shot into it by a world changing terrorist attack. And then they had to redo it before they had finished... Most of the animation. Yeah. So, they cut things from this movie. They cut a lot of things from this movie, and one of them was integration with the computer animation department.
1: (laughs) Well, that explains a lot.
0: So, you know that explosion uh, in the opening sequence? Hang
1: on a minute. That means they drew the whole tanker sequence.
0: That tanker was hand-drawn. Fuck. The explosion, the billowing smoke, that was hand-drawn. You
1: know what it is? Uh, I think they went back to the techniques that we saw when they first started using CG. I think those are computer models
0: that have been drawn over. Possibly, yes. I don't have the specifics on how they did it. It's just there is a division at Disney who do things like water effects and lightning effects. Yeah, 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 yeah. That were told pound sand, go do something else. We can't afford to be sending things through you right now.
1: God, that explains all the lasers and shit as well.
0: The lasers being thick. Bold, bright colours. Yeah, they
1: look positively wet. Yes, uh, when they get fired, which is hilarious. When the because the foley they chose for them is like sort of a almost like a dunk kind of sound, which and it all adds up to it being very sort of cute and cartoonish. The
0: uh, the the flight was done using the um the the three D open. I can't remember what it's called now. The the thing that they used in Tarzan, they did use that for the flight sequence. But the reason they could do that is because they mostly took the 747 footage they had done and changed the model of the 747 to Goofy Space Less 747. Spaceships.
1: Hang on a minute. The spaceships are got to be CG.
0: A bunch of those were They've done got real be. early.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: But for the bulk of this movie and for a lot of the stuff that wound up being in the start because they made the movie, they by the time they're working on the third act, they're like, we need to change some stuff in the first act. So a bunch of the stuff in the first... There's there's a bunch of stuff. And was there maybe a lot more of a chase
1: sequence up front that they shifted to the back end?
0: Yep. Uh, Stitch used to be the leader of a gang, and there were like multiple characters involved in that opening section. Oh wow. Uh, Jumba was his offsider, not the boss, but t- but turns out animating David Ogden Stiers hamming it up in <laughs> in one spot can hold attention just fine. An action sequence doesn't have to do that.
1: Well, Jumba is, I mean. I was going to say Jumper is a character you want to hand-animate anyway. All the characters are characters you want to hand-animate anyway. So yeah, I mean, this may have worked out to the movie's benefit greatly because if you don't have (laughs) CG, what are you going to do but focus on the people, characters, Mm -hmm. and how they feel about shit. And that's what makes this movie work, entirely that.
0: And you are going to take every opportunity you can to make anything still hold the frame. Such as, for example, a forty-second sequence of bleakly rant, bleakly ranting at the water as he's oh, clambering out, yes. and all you see is animated God, that's waves a in the long corner. Shot. It is a long, long shot, and he gets out of the water. He staggers over, and Jumba is already there. We're not animating Jumba getting out of the water. <laughs> and, and there's so many of these really good uses of montage and uh, reusing background shots, like the the storybook. Get the storybook right once and you can do three shots of the storybook and they'll all make you cry. (laughs) Shut up. Uh,
1: We've also got a lot of, like, now that you made me think about it, we have a lot of comedy animation in this, which is one part of me stays static and one part of me does the gag. Like, uh, we have a lot of that movement with bubbles because that's the kind of character he is. Yeah. kind of guy who, like, stands there and does, like, A little motion in his shoulders that says everything. Yes. And the scene with Stitch and the record player, where, like, the the comedy of it is made to work by how long everything else stays still, Uh except for that opening and closing head. And there's a lot of shots like that.
0: The other shot that springs to mind for this saving budget is the sequence where Nani and Lilo are buying Stitch, and it's money from hand... To, to Lilo. <laughs> oh, yeah! Lilo to hand, That is
1: such a good scene. And
0: Nani's face doesn't move. It's such a good shot, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, I, a lot of animation in this is... Like I said, it does feel cheap. I did notice uh-huh. a lot of budget saving in this. I couldn't have explained it, uh, but what you were doing is filling in gaps in my understanding rather than giving me a surprise.
0: So here are but, my two big ones. Oh.
1: But for all that that's true... The animation is really good. And maybe that's just because they were forced to get back to the shit that really matters and really works.
0: So here are my two big ones that you might have heard me gasp while the movie was going when I was doing my research. Where there are these moments where it's like, hang on, there are two things in this movie that are almost completely absent. And you don't notice them until you've been, had it pointed out to you. Two
1: things?
0: Two things that are almost completely absent.
1: Like, Things that you would expect... To... There's a lot of things in the universe, talent.
0: That's true. Are we
1: talking about things you would expect to see in a Disney? Or things you would expect to see in this movie? Or things that are set up and you never see them again? Or... Almost
0: nothing is shaded.
1: Ah! Yeah, yeah this is very light on uh, colour depth.
0: There are a couple of scenes where they said, rather than do individual shading, we made the whole scene dark. Like the scenes in uh, Lilo's bedroom. They just did te- techniques to change the light wholesale. Uh, Stitch taking the, la- the la- shade off the lamp. And suddenly the whole room is brighter. (laughs) Rather than do highlights on him, they just brighten the whole shot. And the other thing, and like, I cannot believe this. When I read this, I had this moment of like, I'm going to watch everything in the movie and see if I can prove that this is wrong. (laughs) Characters don't have pockets. (laughs) Sorry. Clothing overwhelmingly is simplified. People's coats don't have pockets on them. Cobra's coat doesn't have pockets. The only person I could see who has pockets on their clothing is Nani, And she never, ever moves or positions in a way that the coloration on them changes. They are just a line (laughs) on her jean shorts. Otherwise, it's just a a decal on her shorts.
1: For what it's worth, that's all I would ever expect a pocket on cartoon shorts to be.
0: Fair, but she never reaches into them. Even in a shot where she'd like get the money out of her pocket, she doesn't. She's got the money in her hand. Or she reaches away from the shot so you don't see it. David's board shorts don't have pockets. To be
1: fair, pockets in board shorts are a bad idea.
0: Yeah, no pockets, no shadows, no CGI. It's
1: a weird gang is starting there. <laughs> no shadows, no
0: pockets, no fear. <laughs> also, very two thousand and two. <laughs> so yeah, I I read the uh, passage on how this movie got made. Um, there are some edits to the version on Disney Plus. Oh yeah. So. You remember the sequence where Nani is trying to bait Lilo out of hiding? Yeah. In the version we see, and on our VHS, she gets into the dryer. Yeah. In the version that we watched on Disney+. Plus, Oh yeah, it
1: was like a weird little cupboard. I remember looking at that there and going, what is that even meant to be? It's it's, just like a weird little box. So the word
0: for what it is, is it's a commode, which is to say any small uh, disability-based um furniture for around a laundry or bedding area. It was basically meant to be like this is one drawer and one bench you can work on, kind of thing. Huh. Um and she hides in there inside a pizza box in the Disney Plus version, which is how it was distributed in the UK, because after it got distributed in the United States, it's the UK censors said to get into dryers. Yeah. yeah, hey, maybe don't encourage kids to get into
1: dryers. A fair point. <laughs> Though I I feel sad about that because that's a very believable Lilo thing. It's like... such a Lilo thing.
0: Um there's also the well-known cut scenes, the tsunami warning scenes. I mean, that's nothing weird though. Yeah, no. I I just love them so much because they show what the they show the mindset of the movie.
1: <laughs> Which is probably why this succeeds at being a not shitty Disney depiction of a non-white culture. Mhm. Like I don't know the personal stories of anyone involved on this, but I don't think that's the kind of shit that a bunch of, of people who didn't understand anything about Hawaii would have done. And the reason I say this is because I am a basic ass white person who didn't understand anything about Hawaii, and everything here is
0: new to me. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got for animation and making. Do you want to <laughs> keep going, or...?
1: Well, since we're in the making, let's do a quick trip through the voice cast, um... Because we've got ourselves a David Ogden Steers. uh, We do. As as a big roly-poly villain. He... I don't love the aliens in this. They're one of the weaker points. (laughs) Blasphemy! But, you know, it's hard not to enjoy Jamba, at least, because he's just having such a good time. (laughs) He's He's just such a weird jerk who sort of... I mean, he. I guess he has a redemption arc? No. Not really. Well, I mean... he decides to to do a hero thing in the end, and therefore gets totally let off for everything. But well, like, he's
0: very convincing.
1: He seems to just enjoy being a bit of a butthole. But then his idea of you know destroying cities and stuff is you know backing up sewage and
0: <laughs> stealing <laughs> everyone's left, left
1: sock. <laughs> it's ah, uh, he's a weird bit of character.
0: All right, so voice talent. Uh, The director, Chris Sanders, voiced Stitch.
1: That's the director? Oh my god!
0: Uh, I did not
1: expect- It's such a good voice! It is. Holy shit! Alright, there you go, you surprised me.
0: Uh, Davy Chase- Sorry, Davy Chase was Lilo, that's a child actress who's dropped out of acting as of 2016, doesn't appear to be a super happy person, don't have a lot of details on anything they've done recently.
1: I mean, being a child actor is hazardous, so I mm-hmm. hope that she has made it to somewhere safe.
0: Uh, Tia Carrera as Nani Palaki, actually Hawaiian.
1: That's Tia Carrera? Yep. I know that name. Yep. She was in some, like, teen soapy type shit. Yes.
0: Yes, she was. She <laughs> I was like her often... better in this. <laughs> yeah, she was often the non-white friend who
1: yeah, ate she, shit. <laughs> she was the ambiguously brown friend in a lot of stuff.
0: Uh, David Odkin Steers as Dr. Jumba Jukiba. Yep. Ah,
1: and we have uh, KMR as massive shock cop, right?
0: Yep, Captain Gantu. Uh <laughs> Kevin McDonald as Pleakley. you might you know what? You would not recognize Kevin McDonald or the most think well known thing he did, which was uh, Kids in the Hall. But if you've ever watched a Canadian comedy, ah, there's been a guest spot by, by Kevin McDonald. He's in the second episode of Corner Gas as <laughs> A Taxman. A taxman? Oh, the taxman. Tax tax man.
1: Yes. Yeah, I remember him. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I do we like still bleakly I don't know. I feel like the humor in this is intended to be, ha. Uh, what if one of them dressed as a girl? Mm. But I like it's extremely tame by the kind of shit we got out of that for the nineties. And I feel like by the end of the scene we are just given to understand that maybe Blinkley is is localizing a gender identity and we should get out of their way.
0: Yeah, I large, pretty much where I landed on that one, um, a friend did actually bring up that Pleakley comes across as extremely trans in the the nebulized space of, of Disney. Yeah. Uh Bing Rames as Cobra Bubbles, which means this is oh. a rare, oh, rare movie where the scariest black dude is not KMR. <laughs> Uh, a woman by the name of Zoe Caldwell was the uh, Grand Galactic Councilwoman, and she I... might have been naggingly familiar to you, right? I do. I have recognised that name. I just don't know where from. Dozens and dozens of Australian TV movies.
1: Oh. She has
0: been a severe motherly figure right. on our TVs so long.
1: That explains a lot because I was gonna call her uh, bargain basement Judy Dench, which is a cruel <sighs> thing to say. But Judy Dench is a pretty good person to be a bargain basement yeah. uh, replacement for. Like, I don't actually think that's shameful.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a rare thing because that that particular arch delivery that stands yeah, out to yeah. us. Like when I tell you she's Australian, you go oh.
1: <laughs> well, no, I don't go well. But okay, yeah, I would. In, in hindsight, I see how her voice sounded Australian. But I definitely go, oh yeah, that's what I sound like when I try and do a British accent as well. Like you get you localize to that sort of aristocratic British.
0: Uh-huh. The other thing is, setting aside T V movies, this was her third movie ever. Oh,
1: really? Wow. Okay, yeah. so she's just a shitload of TV.
0: Shitloads of and TV. And a
1: couple of movies. Gotcha. Yep.
0: Um Jason Scott Lee as David. Actually Hawaiian. Uh Hawaiian nice. Chinese. He's the he
1: would have been my other guess for like no surely he at least has got to be actually Hawaiian mm-hmm. like I have no faith in an actor to do the particularly subtle accent that David has yeah uh, as as a as a you know faked thing
0: the the line choice waves. <laughs> is one of those things that I would never expect to hear a, a mainland American voice say in a way that sounds right. And that's that's like such a, 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 a judgmental kind of perspective, but it's just the way my brain handles that phrase.
1: That made me do like a, Bleh. hang on,
0: is New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out there's a lot of cross-cultural uh, connections in I that area. Wonder, I
1: wonder why the similarities, it's
0: mysterious. Uh, Myrtle, the horrible little rich kid, uh, is Miranda Page Walls, Amy Hill, was the elderly elderly uh, fruit lady, um, Susan Hegarty Was the rescue lady?
1: I, I mean, we're going into yeah the, into
0: the weeds of voice. We're basically getting all the voice characters, but there is one other one, which is the hula teacher Kuniwa Mook. And I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. There's a double O in the center of it. And my brain wants to pronounce it Mook, which is I don't think that's right. Um, but yeah. Don't
1: normally i i uh, guess hawaiian words based on japanese because they have a lot of sound <laughs> yeah. in common but i don't think they have the same double vowel yeah
0: because because a double o because m double ok in japanese would be maok which
1: yeah don't think be, that's right <laughs> either way <laughs> i don't think so all right apologies if, if we have any uh listeners who are familiar with hawaiian they could definitely let us know how that goes i'd be curious to find out
0: so yeah that's a. Uh... That's uh, uh all I got up until Whatever and Capitalism so I have
1: a question yep. do we don't have like a Frank Welker voicing the mosquito or anything No uh, No Welker on this uh, one.
0: Welkless But this is uh, this is part of the David Rodkin Steer's streak <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um You could yeah, actually
0: you know what you could do a lot worse than watching all of the Disney from 19 like 1990 onward and just watch the movies with David Hodkins tears in them.
1: The first one I remember him being in is uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Which, I mean is
0: <laughs> you've
1: almost captured the whole Disney Renaissance right there, so you're in a good place to start with.
0: Yep. And he's also in Hunchback and You are watching Pocahontas, which a lot of
1: people would, would put on the uh, list. Mm, but he's really good in it. He's good in everything. <laughs> he's a very good actor. Yeah. Well, he's a delight to listen to, anyway. I have no idea what he's like as a person, but I've never disliked him in any role I've seen him in, so...
0: Beyond that, I don't really have anything that I would consider to be a grand thesis for this movie, just because it's... (laughs) It's so close to my bones now.
1: I think we have already talked about everything worth talking about as a grand thesis. This is an amazing movie about two women, uh, and, and... the localized family trauma between them and i have never seen it handled so well especially in something like a disney movie it blows me away that this happened the way it did i would never have expected to see this and (sighs) handled with such subtlety as well like it's this is a movie with oh god it does the pixar thing of like okay We need to scramble for a real villain at the end because this is fundamentally a movie about a bunch of people with conflicting needs. Mm -hmm. None of whom are bad, really.
0: Complete with a Pixar chase. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's it's quite Pixar formula now that you mention it. If only Pixar movies looked half as
0: cute as this most of the time, I'd be more into them. But also, Gantu did show up earlier. Gantu was an omnipresent
1: threat. Oh, he's not an arse pull.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't, like... As a villain, he doesn't show up in the third act, per se. As much as it is in the third act, he finally gets to come forward. Uh, Stitch is a monster crafted by a man for no purpose but to be what he is. And he has to spend his time constructing a vision (laughs) of family and kindness and a way to use the ways he is damaged to protect other people who are traumatized like him. Like... This is such a good movie.
1: (laughs) They made this just for you. (laughs) That's a funny thing to say uh, about a white guy (laughs) in a movie that centers around the relationship between two Hawaiian women. But still, like... Stitch is also a colonizer. This is a monster uh, building a self. uh, And it's astonishingly good at doing that. Uh, I just realized we've talked very little about Stitch himself. What's there to say? Um, He's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he is kind of perfect. I want them to merchandise him even more. like if, <laughs> Fuck Mickey Mouse. Main <laughs> stitch is all I'm saying. like if you made this guy the face of the company, I would be happy
0: in um in in the context of stitch as a um as a face of merchandise, it's worth remembering you know remember you said Japan loves stitch, holy crap, Japan loves stitch, yeah yeah. Uh, there are three sequels to this movie. None <laughs> They're of them not good. Did well, but in Japan, the dub voice actor for uh Stitch in Japan is the guy who does the dub voices for Keanu Reeves. <laughs>
1: Stitch is a hearthrob. <laughs>
0: Stitch is a prestige voice. Yeah. Stitch is someone you get a serious voice actor to do.
1: Also a TV series, as I understand, which is also not real good. But... Two
0: TV series in fact. Two? Yeah. Okay. One, which kind of, uh, real fast. But still, yeah. I'm thinking
1: of the one with all the other experiments. We're like, yeah. well, if one Stitch is good, what if we have 30
0: Stitch? You've got, a, you've got an episode of the week formula built into his name. It's fine. Like, I, I it's don't... True. It's true. I have never watched it. I have no opinion on it. I don't want to go watch it just to be mad at it. Um, Because I think, all, all told, what's almost certainly there is something that was someone's favourite show in 2004... And the fact that it doesn't live up to my standards now.
1: Look, it's not really bad either. Yeah. It's just, it's never going to be what the movie is. Because it's about a bunch of alien adventures. And the movie is about a bunch of people. Um, And you can't, like, what else are you going to do with this movie? Like, you can't. The, the problem with the sequels is that they recycle the trauma. They're like, oh no, Stitch has a new thing go off in his brain that makes him bad again, and he has to learn to be good again. Like, yeah. don't. Come on. Nah. Come on, don't. Just yeah.
0: Don't. But at the same time, again, like, <sighs> kids, th- those are those are made for TV movies. Those, sorry, those are made for DVD rental movies. They're not yeah. necessarily going to be doing the same thing. Uh, it... it <sighs> I don't like them, I don't want to see them, I don't need them in my life, but I also don't want to be the guy sitting here going, No, children! You'll enjoy it on all the levels that I do because of how it integrates into my trauma. The colours, children! The colours! Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not that the TV series is bad. It's just never going to have the same appeal as the movie. Yeah. Unless the only thing you liked about the movie was Stitch Cute Alien
0: Funny. Which, which to be fair is totally valid.
1: Uh, Stitch is super cute. The aliens are like the weakest part about this, which is why no, like
0: wrong. The weakest part of this movie is the Il- music. <laughs> Elvis, yes, I forgot
1: about him. Yeah. Because
0: the mu- this movie is Tarzan. It, it's it's just let's redo Tarzan and do a better job. <laughs> you have a pop singer providing tracks that really aren't that related, but also like, you- would this movie have been better as a musical? I think so because I think musicals whip. But also <laughs> I don't think that you'd lose a lot by like having to get rid of the Elvis.
1: I would have loved to see a musical, so you're right. It's it's not Tarzan though, because Phil Collins wrote those songs. Yeah. For Tarzan. And it's worse for
0: it. <laughs> that's right, Phil Collins. I called you worse than a jukebox musical. Because that's what this is. This is a jukebox musical. Yeah, well there and to be fair, there are two diegetic songs and they're both great. Actually.
1: That's not really fair. It's not a jukebox musical, because it doesn't string together musical numbers from unrelated songs. It's not the best. It's just a regular movie with a couple of montages, and they chose to use Elvis music because he's, like, the theme
0: for the film or whatever. And again, Hawaiians love Elvis. But again, there are two diegetic songs in this movie, and they both say beautifully with the sequence, they both deliver an enormous amount of impact for what they're doing, and they both do very different jobs, but one of them is a setup for the start of the movie and the other one is I, I, I don't
1: Oh, yeah, they probably are like performing that song in you, the, the dance hall.
0: Yeah, you see the kids start to sing along with it. It, it it's absolutely the song that's being played yeah. in that hall as they're dancing.
1: My brain processed it as being non diegetic because you didn't have like the whole all of the components of that song performing in there. Yeah. But you're right, it's, you know, it's on a tape recorder or whatever. Yeah. And they're and
0: performing with it. And I'm willing to yeah. say, it's like, someone said, well, that doesn't count. Like, okay, fine. Oh, it totally count. But, like, if... that the, the, the My point here is that they use diegetic music in this movie twice, and it's two of the best scenes. Imagine if they could have done that even more. And... The, the, El- the Elvis song being played through Stitch's finger and his mouth. That's awesome. No, That's really cute. I but I wish cute. that they'd done more with it, and I wish they'd, they'd been able to use songs that didn't have such a, a calcified <laughs> cultural weight to them.
1: I feel it's kind of egregious that they used uh, Burning Love for the, the, the finishing family number. sequence. Nice. Because it, like, I. You can let it wash over you and not really pay attention to the That's... lyrics, and it's fine, I guess. But it's a pretty horny song. Yeah. Like, you know, G-rated horny for sure. But it's it's extremely a song of passion. Romantic passion.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
1: family togetherness and having a great time because we finally got out from under that shadow that was threatening us. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's a Nani and David song at that point then? But I... Nah. Nah. No. I... Yeah. Fuck for picking that. I wish they'd done better there.
0: Yeah, so... There are things in this movie that I absolutely wish were better. But also, no notes. <laughs> 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 I interrupted yeah. you talking shit about uh, the aliens, though, so please, go on.
1: No, it's fine. Uh, you pretty much... you. Uh, I, okay, you, you may have interrupted me to say, no, that was a worse thing. Um, but actually, you're just saying what I was rehearsing before <laughs> we started the record of, like, do I like the aliens the least? No, I definitely like Elvis the least. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is not a thing. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's it. I... I cried like six times during this movie. Every moment they start leaning into the the situation with with Lilo and Nani's relationship is enough to get me going now, and just ah, and pause ditch And yes, ah,
0: there's. I love this
1: horrible little goblin.
0: In the article that went up on my blog, the point I wend around to is that I was created by the culture I am part of and the cult that I was in, with a vision of the world that you would be a man. And that as a man, you would do the Lord's work in a way that would enact the literal, actual will of God on the world as part of a grand apocalyptic machine that would culminate with everything burning away in fire. And that was literally the course my life was meant to take. And that was part of being a man and I've said in the past that I don't feel comfortable being called a man, not for a gender reason, but because there is this weight and seriousness to man. And the line I use in the blog is that at the end of the day, I feel like a boy, large and broken, but still good. And that's the kind of stuff that this movie has in it that will fucking haunt me.
1: Ah, That's why this movie gets me now. It's not because I'm older at all. It's just because I've gotten to know you better since the, the first couple of years we were hanging out and watching videotapes
0: at your parents' place. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the move the movie has terrible music. I just want to like you know <laughs> yeah stupid <laughs> music crap movie really didn't even care seven out of ten. <laughs> I'm
1: crying. You're crying. <sighs> this is a great movie.
0: You should watch this movie. You want to talk about money?
1: Ah, sure. Ah! What could cap this off more than finding out that this was cheaper than it ever deserved and didn't nearly make back what it deserved?
0: What do you reckon the budget was like?
1: Alright, uh, I can't even remember. Last, okay, last time I think I said it felt, uh, excessive but also cheap in a unique way and claimed that it had cost less than the previous one, but it wasn't by much.
0: So to give you perspective, last time around was Atlantis, which ma- which cost a hundred and twenty million to make.
1: Yeah, and it was like like four or fourteen or something off. Uh, no, it was more than because we watched Emperor's New Groove, yeah. which is dead. well, oh Emperor's no, New which Groove had weird wild. inflated costs. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, this this is way down from that. I think this mm-hmm. is significant amounts down. This might be. It's not back under a hundred, is it? I think it might be. All right. Lock it in. I'm saying it was back under a hundred. Eighty million. Oh, wow, that's you got this movie for two thirds of an Atlantis. That's pre-Aladdin numbers, you as got... I recall. Beauty and the Beast was surprisingly affordable,
0: but <laughs> you got like those those movies are like forty million to make. But the thing is, like that was '90s money. That was like early '90s money. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. This is late 2000s money, and for some reason, the the finance market has changed dramatically during this film's budget period.
0: And what's more, that's not counting the reset. They didn't restart the budgeting when they had to redo no, a third no, of the movie. No, you
1: wouldn't. You'd factor that in. What yeah, do you reckon, well, we, uh,
0: what you reckon the take was like?
1: I mean, I'm sure it was still successful compared to a budget that small, but I, like, it's it's not going to have done that well. I think mean, it probably also got shit-canned a bit by critics for being not real Disney To be fair, we were pretty angry at Disney because they'd just done Emperor's New Groove and then Atlantis and everyone was like, what are you doing? And at the time, Lilo and Stitch did look like another massive misstep of like, what the fuck? You made a movie poster making fun of all your best movies for this. What is wrong with you? The
0: Elvis ads were inescapable. You got to see the interstitials, which were the Stitch invades another... Um, yeah, yeah. Trailer and those all, in hindsight, rule. But as a first impression, it freaked a lot of people out. And also, the ads for it itself were very big. On here is Elvis music. Mm. Here is uh de- here is here is Stitch in an Elvis costume.
1: Yeah, which are like the worst parts of this movie. Yeah. Um. I I do not think the Stitch invades other shows are are a particular highlight of the the marketing. I. It's just not a good look. It's It goes with the whole no songs, no, no yeah, princesses, no, no renaissance kind of swaggering stupid attitude that they picked up at this point. Where it's like, dude, stop trying to argue with us that everybody loved the Disney renaissance. It was fucking huge. Don't be like, oh, we don't want to make embarrassing movies like those anymore where people sing about their feelings. Good God.
0: Alright, yeah, fair. Fair. So, uh.
1: Basically, I think it. I think the stitch in the advertising is kind of awful compared to the stitch we actually got, who is perfect and a good boy, and I adore him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're oh, we're winding around to the topic of what it made. I don't know. I mean, definitely more than its budget. Uh less than two hundred million.
0: Two hundred and seventy-three million. Oh, hey, come on! This compared movie, to its budget, that's great. This movie made ninety million more than Atlantis. This yeah, lots about ninety million dollars better than Atlantis, I would say. This movie made three times its budget and fuck around money for an for an Aladdin, like this movie absolutely killed. And and where do you think a large portion of that money came from? Oh, Hawaii, Japan. <laughs> oh, Japan, of course. <laughs> da, da, da. Japan fucking loved Lilo and Stitch, which goes to show. Aside from the music, they're right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, uh, Japan also likes Hawaii at Last Check. Like, those two have kind of a relationship of intertwined cultural stuff. Yeah. Because it's almost like some imperial power forced them into, like, a weird cooperative relationship with each other at some point.
0: Uh, I'm sure it'll come up at some point.
1: That's very strange and couldn't be a thing.
0: But, yeah, uh, critics actually were pretty positive about the last stitch at the time. Uh, Okay. A lot of people remarked on the fact that it was very fun. And in one of the more boomer comments I saw, there were people talking about how great it was to bring the classic Elvis songs to kids. Which, you know, yeah, I guess. No child in the world started listening to Elvis based on this fucking
1: movie. (laughs) (laughs) Sure as shit bought a Stitch keychain, though.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, there you have it. Lila wants Stitch.
1: That was a great time. This is a great movie. Not without flaws, but if Disney is going to break away from formulaic Disney stuff and try something weird and different, I wish it was like this every time.
0: And yeah, uh, there are ways this movie could be better. There are elements in this movie that could be redone and improved. But in as much as it is the way it is, and what it means to me, this movie's perfect.
1: You're saying it's little and broken, but still good.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what's the next movie? Because I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be Treasure Planet, right? Fuck yes!
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're definitely headed back down here. This is the peak of of weird post-Renaissance Disney.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're gonna get a lot more things that are a bit crap but a bit wonky and kind of fun in their own ways so you know I'll take it
1: it'll at least continue to be interesting to talk about but we're not gonna have as much fun as we had with this until we come out the other end of the dark age
0: yeah and and there are I can already think of like what movies after this point do I think of nearly as well it's not (laughs) a long list
1: no no and it shouldn't be a long list because they made a lot of shit in this era
0: and there's very few things that are gonna ever come quite as close to my bones yeah no, this is good. This
1: one's this this is one for JJ. <laughs> Wait, that, that's not a joke to anyone but us. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs>